I know it's eminently possible that you may not get to hear this before Yontif and Shabbos, but I felt that I could not send this after some thoughts that I had this morning. The This morning, as I was looking into the dying embers of the burnt chomates, I started thinking about what those dying embers were. We've mentioned a few times over the last over the last few sessions, that the the growth that we're trying to achieve over this period of time is it, it's it's an attempt to get real again, to leave behind the cages that hold us in, to leave us to lead us, sorry, away from the the confines, the self-made confines of our mind and our actions and our desires. We spoke about the fact that the the flames of the Itzahara, the negative forces, which are the things that control us, in order to free us to be able to be real with ourselves, we need to have a, a kind of opposite burning, a burning as in the light of Torah, the light of getting close to Hashem and everything that Pesach has to offer as we move closer and closer to that Yontif, the great, great Yontif of Pesach. And I started thinking about a concept which might surprise people. From the dying embers, my mind flitted across the table when I came back into the house and I saw the Hogwarts Haggadah. You might have seen it. I'm not either endorsing it or not endorsing it. I know that my family are our fans. And I started thinking about the phoenix. And there's a concept in English of the phoenix from the flames. And people actually think that, well, yes, we talk about the legend of the phoenix. Cute, nice. But really... Like, what's that got to do with Judaism? Well, funnily enough, little-known fact, the phoenix makes two appearances that I'm aware of, Many, maybe others, I don't know, two that I'm aware of. And they're both incredibly, incredibly apposite for exactly this concept. The first is right at the beginning of time. Oldham and Chava. It tells us that when they realized that death was coming to the world, Chava got everyone else to eat, all the animals to eat as well, not just Odom, but all the animals and all the birds, just so that there would be nothing that wasn't somehow touched by, which, of course, needs so much explanation. It's not as simple as, you know, playing games or playing tricks. It's obviously going to be much deeper than that, and we know that by now. But... Very interestingly, there was one creature that did not eat and refused to eat from the fruits of the eight tadas, from the tree of knowledge. That creature is recorded as the Avarshino, which many, many people understand to be a reference to the phoenix. How did it look? I couldn't tell you. I wasn't there. But we do know that there is definitely reference to such a creature. The reward of this creature, ipso facto, because it didn't eat, got a reward that it would live forever. That's one reference. Interestingly enough, the other reference that I'm aware of, of 
this creature, the Avarshina, seems to be a different background with the same result. The Teva, the ark that Noach put all the animals and all the creatures, all the birds, everything inside, anything that was going to survive, and day and night he worked tirelessly to feed everything. He didn't rest for a moment. It's crazy to imagine what he went through. And the Gemara and Sanhedrin tells us, amongst the various episodes that happened, Eliezer, the servant of Avram, who asked Shame, the son of Noah, who was on the table, tell me, what was it like on the table? And he told him a few stories. Told him about the, the lion, famous famous story with the lion. But one interesting fact that he told him, he says there was a creature there, which Noah suddenly noticed in the corner, huddled up, not saying anything, trying to be inconspicuous. And Noah said, who are you? Whatever that means, because surely Noah knew what everything's okay. Again, needs separate explanation. The creature says, I'm the Avarshina. Oh, you're the Avarshina? Yes. Well, why, why haven't you eaten? And the Avarshina says, do you know why? I saw how busy you were. You are working tirelessly again and again and again. How could I do that to you? At least give you a little, little break, even for a few moments. And so I didn't want to eat. And Noach said, that is selfless. That is called somebody giving up everything to make sure that someone else is not in discomfort. I give you my blessing that you should never die, that you should live forever. Interestingly enough, the commonality between both stories is the fact that both of them get this brothel from not eating, which to me sounds like the metaphor for not getting involved too much in the physical world, not getting trapped by physical settings. Amazingly, the Medrash does discuss the concept that this Avarshina lives and lives and lives for a thousand years. I know that Lahavdil, there are different stories, different versions, where they talk 400, 500, 600 years. It says for a thousand years, and then it collapses in a fire, and out of the fire, the smallest part of it starts the process of regrowth, which very much sounds like a moshal, um, an idea of Tichiyas HaMesim, perhaps something to do with the Luzbon and, and the, the, the Kisto de Chiyusar, for those who know what I'm talking about, the, 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 the beginnings, the beginnings of, of, of uh, like a rebirth of some sort. That's the Avarshino. And I saw that when I was looking into the embers of the fire. Now, it's amazing because that concept of every thousand years and the rebirth of the phoenix, well, isn't that what we've been saying Nissan is? The head of the months, the renewal of the year, renewal of our relationship with Hashem. It's amazing. We said that we spoke about Teshuvah, we spoke about Shira Shirim. The fire of the Yetzirah, stoke, stoking, stoking the fires when I was doing that, at the, at the uh, um, at, when I was burning the Chomets, you notice suddenly a flame shoots out. You've got to work very hard to make sure that the, that, uh, that the negativity is gone. And I noticed, actually, yeah, this renewal is exactly the same thing. And we say at least twice that I can think of in, on Pesach, Bechol Dair Vadair, Every body has an obligation every single year 
to renew his attitude, to look at it as if he himself or she herself has come out of Egypt. Isn't that amazing? Because that's the idea that you have a chance to press the restart button, to start restart your relationship with Hashem. Very, very Phoenix-like. This idea of of restarting is amazing because not only that, you see, it also says in every generation, in every generation, no, it doesn't mean they try to feed us challah, and Hashem saved us from their hands or fed us matzah. That's not what it means. Every generation, people have started up with us. People have tried to have a go. Every single time, there's, a, there's, a, there's another attempt, a new attempt. But, like a phoenix from the flames, we arise again and start again and take the world by storm again. Amazing to think that 37 years after Kristallnacht, to the day, the United Nations uh, passed a resolution, or um, uh, the actual passing was, it was slightly different, but the actual passing, 37th anniversary of Kristallnacht, calling Zionism anti-Semitism. Now, I'm not, so, uh, yeah, Zionism, sorry, racism. I'm not talking about the political side of things, but there was a real, Kristallnacht, amazing, but hold over in every generation, you see it clearly. The beloved of Hashem, in the, ne- in the next generation, our children, it's called Dor Vador, generation to generation. The next generation are our children. Why do you think there's a thing of children asking questions? The four sons. And the four sons, and I will end with this, don't just represent the external. They represent those elements inside each and every single one of us. Good job,